Hey everyone, welcome back to Christ is the Cure. We are continuing our summer guest series, and today we have a special guest, Doreen Virtue, who is always a delight to talk to, and today we're going to be talking about New Age. So Doreen, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? It's so great to be with you, Nick, and hi everyone. Um, so I didn't know that there was anything wrong with my work in the New Age until Jesus opened my eyes. It was a long process of... Um, kind of a leading me to salvation. Uh, let me just dive into my uh, background is that I was raised in Christian science. And uh, my mom told my brother and I, we were Christians. We had a King James Bible in our house and I had my own personal one and we'd read the Bible. We'd go to church twice a week, uh, Sundays for church and then Wednesday for the Christian science testimonial meeting. And I just grew up that way. Nobody told me, hey, you guys are in a false religion. Nobody shared the gospel with us. It was just, we were Christians. And then when I grew up, I um, went to Chapman University, got a, a BA and MA in counseling psychology, became a psychotherapist. And that just kind of led me from Christian science, which is all about mind control. And it's very much like word of faith, except it's focused on health and healing. And uh, speak it and it'll happen. And that led me into the new age. And I, I, I'm, I'm just a curious person. I love to research. So whatever I'm researching, I just dive into. So I started to take all these new age classes on healing and, and then what they call manifesting, which is really sorcery. It's a form of witchcraft. I didn't know that. And I became proficient. Um, I had been writing since the days of my psychotherapy, and and I always just kind of wrote about what was going on in my life. I've been very transparent publicly, and with and within a few years, I was at the top selling publisher of New Age called Hay House, and I was touring the world with Wayne Dyer, Marion Williamson, Deepak Chopra, um, all of these heavy hitter New Age celebrities, and. Within a few years, I was the top-selling author there. I was selling more than Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra. And it, it was just this this otherworldly adventure. They were treating me like a rock star. They were flying me first class everywhere and staying in penthouse suites at Four Seasons and making a ton of money, spending a ton of money. You know, very much the rock star lifestyle. You spend as much as you make. And, and, um, and so I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I, I heard a few... Christians in the background complaining about me, but I still thought I was a Christian. What I was doing, because I was bl trying to blend Christianity with New Age, and I've learned since that they're oil and water that can never blend. You know, New Age is all about glorifying the self and Christianity glorifying God. So they're just polar opposites. Um, since I thought I was a Christian, I'd always listened to Christian programs. I had listened to the whole Bible on audio a couple times. I'd watched Christian movies. I listened to Christian radio. Uh, in the 90s, I was really into Calvary Chapel radio, and Chuck Smith was on. And it just didn't pierce me, and, and the, I didn't understand the gospel, because Christian science and New Age tell you the same thing, that you're not a sinner, you're made in God's image and likeness, you're perfect, whole, and complete. There's no such thing as sin, hell, Jesus really didn't die on the cross. This is all the New Age banter, that it's just a metaphor, uh, and that all you have to do, be is a good person, and then you'll get to heaven. It's never defined how you, how you are a good person, but that's all. Uh, but January of 2015, I'm listening to Christian radio as usual, and Alistair Begg comes on. And 
most you know who Alistair Begg is, yeah. and he got me. He pierced my uh, my seared conscience with a expository sermon on Second uh, Timothy four about at the end times people will want their ears itch their itching ears tickled, and and as he's talking about these false prophets, it got through to me, Nick. I was, he's talking about me. I'm a false prophet, and I realized that I had been tickling people's ears, trying to make them feel good. Like I'd say things like, oh, the worst is behind you. God is going to fix this. Everything's going to be okay. And after I heard that sermon on January 2015, I think it was January 15th, um, I really consciously stopped being a everything's going to be okay type of false prophet. But I was still a false prophet. I was on stage all around the world, thousands of people in the audience, um, and I was on TV shows, you know, The View, Oprah, um, CNN, all these shows, teaching falsely a false gospel, which I re- have repented for. And if anyone's listening who uh, was affected by the false teachings, I sincerely apologize. I didn't know. Um, and and so after Alistair's sermon, after I heard it, I told my husband, I, I want to go to church. I want to go. I don't want to go to a new age church. I want to go to a regular church. And so we didn't know what kind of church to go to. You know, we had no spiritual rudder. So we ended up at a four square Pentecostal church for about a year. And meanwhile, my husband and I are studying the Bible and we thought, you know, we, we want to learn more about the Bible. So then we didn't know where to go. We went, ended up at an Episcopalian church, which you know, it 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 was probably a soft landing place for me out of the New Age. Chris Rosebro said that it was my halfway house <laughs> because Episcopalians have earned this well-deserved reputation of being super friendly. People in the New Age are very friendly. That's one of the appeals for back, you know backslidden Christians is that New Agers. If you go to a New Age event, you're going to get hugged. You're going to People are going to love on you. They tell you that you're a goddess, that you're special. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. All these lies, but it feels good in the moment, like a sugar high. <laughs> anyway, so I went to Episcopalian Church, and um, and I was still trying to blend Christianity with New Age. I'd go to a, the service, and I'd come home, and I would play with tarot cards, and I would you know do my astrology chart and all these things that the Bible forbids because I hadn't read the Bible yet. So. Long story short, when I finally read the Bible and I got to Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, which is um, God through Moses telling the Israelites, don't be like the Canaanites. Don't practice sorcery, mediumship, fortune telling. Don't try to interpret omens and all these things. And then what, what got me, what saved me and pierced me completely was when he said, all of these things, the people that do these things are an abomination to me. Not the practices, but the people that do them. And and see, before this, I really thought I was doing God's work in the New Age. I used to tell call myself God's secretary, which is crazy. I really thought I was helping God to save the world. That's a big thing in the New Age is that you are the Savior, not Jesus. Hmm. Um, and so when I read De- Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, I, I was on my knees a moment later crying to God saying, I didn't know, I had no idea these things were an abomination to you. And it just, I finally realized I was a, I was a wretched sinner, the worst sinner, because I had not only sinned for myself, but I had been a stumbling block for others. And, and I just, I probably cried for about three days 
just begging God to forgive me and um, and I have a new heart, new life. And then I began the process of telling people, um, I, I renounce all of my work. I, I had to tell the whole world I was wrong because my, my work was published in 38 languages. I, I had been traveling the whole world for 20 years. I had to tell everybody in the world that I was wrong and then face the enormous backlash, you know, new agers with pitchforks coming at me and still to this day, a lot of backlash and, and, you know, grievous things like asking my publishers, please stop selling this stuff. And they still sell it and it breaks my heart. And then people accuse me that I'm trying to walk both sides of the street. And, and I say, how do I get these things off of the market? I don't know. I don't have a magical lasso to get them off. And, uh, just, learning how to live as a Christian. It was like a new life. It was a new life. And uh, it's just been quite the process of going through sanctification publicly. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. But but the biggest thing is that after I got off the New Age stages, I'd been at these mind-body-spirit festivals for years. And then I had this idea that Christian churches were kind of solemn places, you know, you open a hymnal and you worship. And I started to look at all these Christian churches, uh, and I and I said, wait a minute, this is identical to what I just left. You know, I looked at Bethel Redding. These prophets on stage, they're no different than the psychics I traveled with for 25 years. They're doing psychic readings on people. They're they're twisting scripture like Christian science. Wait a minute, they're they're saying Jesus was just a man when his earthly tradition, with you know earthly um, earthly ministry. That's what New Age teaches. So then I started to get righteous anger, and I said, you know what, I'm going to start exposing New Age in the church, because those of us who come out of deception, we can see it more clearly than someone who's been raised in Christianity their whole life. So now what I do is, um, I just wrote a book that comes out in July called Deceived No More with Thomas Nelson, and uh, I do YouTube videos and posts on social media just saying, you guys, this is new age, these things like contemplative prayer, breath work, Enneagram, yoga in churches. Hello, I don't care if you call it holy yoga. You can't slap a Christian name on a pagan practice. God does not share his glory with anyone. And so um, I try to point people back to scripture like you do, Nick, and just say, you got to study your Bible. That's what derailed me is not knowing my Bible. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So I, man, the, there, there are so many things in there that I kind of wanted to just go off of, but you know, it's amazing to say the least. And I'm excited about your book, by the way. Um, so in terms of, for, for those who don't know what Christian science actually is, would you mm -hmm. mind summarizing that? And is it synonymous with new age? Is it, what, what exactly is it? Yeah. Well, they call it new thought, which is the kind of the the cousin to New Age, uh, Christian science and unity um, and religious science, not Scientology, they all came out of the teachings of Phineas Quimby, who was um, a mesmerizer, which means hypnotist, around the 1800s, who believed that he had the key to how Jesus performed his miracles and that we could all do it too. And so he started to teach classes that Mary Baker Eddy went to. Mary Baker Eddy was the founder of Christian science, and and uh, she took Phineas Quimby's work and kind of put her own spin on it and wrote a book called Science and Health with Key to the Scripture. And she claims that she's the one prophesied um, in the Bible as the comforter, 
the paraclete. She claims wow. she's the paraclete. Yeah. That's, that's, wow. It's, it's jaw dropping heresy, but I didn't know any different. And my mom still believes this. And she also believes she's one of the women in Revelation prophesied. And, and so Mary Baker Eddy um, started this worldwide religion based on uh, that if you, if you think like Jesus thought that you can have healings like Jesus. The, the thing is that I, it did work on an earthly level. I saw healings. My mom and dad never took us to doctors growing up, I was not allowed to take health classes because the belief is if you learn about disease, you will manifest it. It'll be in your head and you'll you'll become that disease. So I was kept ignorant of biology, anatomy, disease. Uh, we weren't allowed to even hear aspirin commercials on TV, this severe mind control. If we were upset, my parents would tell us to rise above it. We were not allowed to uh, be upset ever. And and so it was this real rigid mind control. And it's just like what you see Joel Osteen teaching about, you know, think positive and, and you'll get these blessings of wealth. It was the same thing, but it was health. And mm. yeah, it's the same as New Age because New Age is all about think positive and you will attract positive. Mm. Think negative and you will attract negative. So um, it, New Age is very works-based interesting uh, phenomenon and it took me a while to learn how to lean on God and to trust God instead of trying to steer the universe myself yeah yeah that's that's really interesting and what, what you said about Joel Osteen where you know one one aspect is just about finances the other one's about health and so basically they just have different emphasis and yeah. whatever branch they express themselves I was almost going to say manifest but it felt weird in this context. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the Bible uses that word. The thing is, these false religions use Christian terms, yeah. but they mean something different. Absolutely. Um, so you said it was, uh, you just said it was works-based. Would you expound on that just a little bit? Yeah. You have to earn your way to heaven by being a good person as a new ager. And and yet they believe everyone goes to heaven. Their, their, their doctrine, if you will, is based on near-death experiences. Mm. Um, in the New Age, near-death experiences are held in very high regard, and most of these near-death experiences report back that no matter what your religion or your uh, amount of sin, that you're getting to heaven, so don't worry. Um, there was a famous um, channeler, for lack of a better word, called named Neil Donald Walsh, who I traveled with for many years, and he wrote a series of books called Conversations with God that were considered to be like sacred scripture. And in these books, uh, Neil Donald Walsh said that Hitler's in heaven and and that there's no such thing as right or wrong. So he taught relativism, that God God was saying these things. And so the New Agers took these um, books, like Conversations with God, as the truth and so started to live as relativists. Um, I saw that shift as those books came out. Yeah, that, that's an interesting—I think I've heard of that book before— um... I can't remember. I can't remember where, but in terms of what you were saying, like I don't know how you could believe that to go to heaven you have to be a good person. But at the same time, it's relative. That doesn't really make it's, sense. It's New Age is completely feelings based, not logic based. Right. So the thing is, because the rule is there, like if there's ten commandments in the New Age, the top one would be "Thou shall always think positive." Hmm. So you're not allowed to look at the twisted illogic of the whole thing because that would be negative and then you would attract 
something negative to your life. So in the new age, if if you have a, a bad thing happen to your life, you know, bad in terms of, you know, painful, you're always blamed for it, much mm-hmm. like the um, Word of Faith movement blames people who are sick for not having enough faith. In the new age, the analogy is that uh, you're not, you were negative. And so it's a negative, excuse me, <clears throat> It, since you thought negative, you earned or attracted this bad thing to your life. So when thinking about New Age and all the things that you discuss and how you you looked at churches that were, well, these are basically New Age, I guess, would you say that, say, Joel Osteen or Bethel Redding is basically New Age? Or Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they're me-centered. Anything that's me-centered is New Age. I mean, that's the... That's, it goes back to Genesis 3, doesn't it? Always, you know, the temptation of the serpent saying, here's what you'll get if you disobey God. And by the way, God didn't really mean that. So in the New Age, there's these conspiracy theories about the Bible, that um, they're patriarchal, that there were missing books. The New Agers, they, they practically worship the Gospel of Thomas and the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, even though probably nobody's actually read it. There's just, it's like this unicorn mythic books that uh, that the Pope took out decades ago, centuries ago, to control the masses. So yeah. so in the New Age, you don't pay attention to the Bible. Uh, you pay attention to the New Age Bible, which is called A Course in Miracles, that was a channeled book by a psychiatrist named Helen Schuchman. In the 1960s, she heard a voice that she thought was Jesus setting the record straight of what he really meant in the Bible. And The Course in Miracles that almost every New Ager studies says that he didn't really die on the crucifixion, on the crucifix, there was no crucifixion, that it was a symbol of uh, another kind of metaphorical death, that the only devil in the world is the human ego and negative thinking, and that all you have to do is forgive everybody and you're good to go. So I studied that book for about 20 years, and that was the basis of me um, thinking. Uh, The woman who wrote... Um, a Course in Miracles had a Christian Science mother. Uh, my publisher Louise Hay had a Christian Science mother. I had a Christian have a Christian Science mother still. So many people in the New Age were affected by Christian Science. It's uncanny, and it all goes back to Phineas Quimby, the false teacher. Yeah. Um, so I guess since since we've kind of made that distinguishing mark between you know the, these churches that that look like that are New Age, not Christian. I guess how can we spot that, and what are the what are some of like the most prominent signs that you can think of whenever you look okay. at churches like that? Um, biggest sign of all is is your preacher, is your pastor reading the Bible to you? Is he actually is he is he reading the actual words of the Bible, or is he completely about application and and he's completely about you? Um, I I went on a trip last year to visit some some folks and I went with them to their church and it was I I didn't hear one Bible verse and it was a major Christian denomination. Um, so you want to get into a church where there's what's called expository preaching. I'm sure you talk about that on your show, Nick, where line by line um, commentary on the Bible because church is about worshiping God, but it's also about learning His Word and. It's not about learning about yourself, it's about learning about God, and most of all, it's about repairing our relationship with God, because as sinners, we've broken our relationship with God, which is so different than the New Age that says that we are one with God and and that we can never separate from Him. Um, We have separated from Him since our ancestors 
did that in the garden. And the only way to repair our relationship is through repentance and through faith in what Jesus did for us on the cross. He took the punishment we deserved. Amen. Um, so yeah, th- I think that that's a great way to summarize it. Like what, what is the basis for their message essentially? Uh, what's yeah. the foundation of what they're building upon? I mean, Joel Osteen's book, Your Best Life Now, summarizes New Age and New Age churches. So just because a church says they're Christian, just because a person says they're Christian, I used to tell my audiences I'm a Christian, and I was sincere. I really believed that. And unfortunately, people who had not read the Bible believed that what I was saying was Christian, and it wasn't. Yeah. I didn't know that till I read the Bible. We have to compare everything against Scripture, and that's God's word. It hasn't been tampered with. That's a new age lie. Um, the 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 Bible is a gift from God. It's like mon- it's like manna from heaven, isn't it? I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like this gift that was given to us. The Holy Spirit wrote it through forty different people. Yes, they were men. I mean, perhaps Hebrews was written by a woman, but who cares about the gender of who wrote it? It's it's from God. All scriptures God breathed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of, I guess. Orthodox churches to say to categorize it. Do you think there's any thoughts or practices or doctrines that have come into the Orthodox Church from New Age, um, you know, in the midst of them kind of growing and expanding? It does seem like uh, whenever a church gets fixated on mysticism, um, mm-hmm. like um, in my Episcopal Church, they they kind of would talk about the Catholic mystics, yeah. um, the medieval mystics. So uh, watch out for anything that's experiential based. Um, watch out for anything that is asking you to um, repeat prayer over and over again, like a mantra. Um, Jesus said, don't be like the Pharisees or the pagans and repeat um, Babylon uh, over and over again in a prayer. Uh, so it comes down to a lot of people in churches, I think, get bored, including the pastor sometimes. And pastors are worried about the number of people in their seats. And so they will try to entice people into their church through experiences. Big mistake. Um, what what I understand now is the church really is about disciple building. And then the disciples will go out and do the evangelizing, not the other way around. It's not about converting people in the seats and uh, so just for me, what what my husband and I found is through going through many churches, what we call church shopping, is we end up at a reformed church. And one of the reasons was the music. Um, we were very disturbed that we would go to churches that would have expository preaching, but it would be undone by having heretical music from Bethel, from Elevation, from Hillsong. And I was very offended by that. So... We finally ended up at a Reformed church that uses dusty old hymnals, which I love. And the people who wrote those hymns, they weren't exactly straight and narrow people sometimes either, but at least they can't currently induce people to a false church. You know, Bethel uses their music as a a fishing line to get people to be reeled into their kenosis heresy. Yeah, it really is apples and oranges whenever you consider like the technological advances and how they utilize, you know, the market and expand and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's funny that you say that because we went to a church and they used a hymnal and I've never used one in a congregation. My church is SBC, so, but we just, you know, had the lyrics up in the word. I was like, yeah. what am I looking at? Like, it was awesome, yeah. but it was kind of a strange <laughs> thing. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, um, in terms of what what do you think 
I mean, you, you kind of talked about this a little bit about um, experiences are, are, are appealing because people get kind of bored. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any other um, any other thought that may be appealing that could potentially drag someone into New Age from Christianity? Uh, yeah. Well, like I said, the New Age is all huggy, feely, you're a goddess. Um, and so Christian churches, the conservative Orthodox ones aren't so huggy feely you know? so a lot of people walking into church if they don't get immediately greeted by a warm greeter they walk right back out yeah. or they never come back i i talk to people all the time about why they left a church um, and then of course there's the hypocrisy they see in the church the abuses that satan uses to get people to leave the church but the number one reason is biblical illiteracy if people aren't in the word every day um, there's going to be this disconnect when they go to church. They're not going to see how that's part of God's plan for us. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that that hits the nail on the head too. That's that kind of what it all boils down to is whether or not people know their Bibles, because mm-hmm. it's inevitable that you'll stay away from false teachings if you do. Um, so your journey said that essentially knowing the Bible is what, uh, well, and uh, the Scottish man uh, brought you mm-hmm. out of the, you know, the new age thought, I guess, were there any other aspects of your coming out that could help us relate to people in the new age? How can we better witness to those mm. who are currently either entrapped in a Bethel-esque church or new age entirely? Yeah. Well, like I said, I'd, I'd heard the the gospel. My brother has been born again for 20 years. He, he broke out of Christian science before I did. Um, and so the gospel you know, it's got the power to save. Paul said that very clearly. Uh, but this, the the devil has insulated New Agers against the gospel by convincing them that there's no such thing as sin. So I really like Ray Comfort's um, work. Uh, I like his good person test. It's a little, little cartoon on his Living Waters uh, ministry site. And it just kind of takes you through. Oh, so you think you're a good person. And all of his videos say this. Have you ever dishonored your parents? Have you ever lied? Have you ever stole? And he breaks down those defenses that New Agers build up. So you have to say, yeah, and well, what do you deserve for breaking God's commandments? And then you will have to have a talk with the New Ager because they will say, well, that doesn't apply to me. You know, that's just a myth. Yeah. And that's the approach I would take is the Ten Commandments. Yeah, Ray, Ray Comfort's really fantastic at what he does. He um, is. He's he's the man for evangelizing. I, I was going to say that too. He, he is the man. Uh, so earlier you mentioned channeling, and I kind of wanted just to bounce back there real quick. Would you mind explaining channeling real quick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, it's related to some of the things being taught in Christian, with air quotes, churches, um, like, <clears throat> excuse me, con, con, uh, contemplative prayer, uh, breathwork, centering prayer, all of these buzz, buzzwords are another term for open, emptying your mind. Um, Richard Foster wrote a book called Celebration of Disciplines. His first version of it in 1978 said that Eastern meditation is emptying your mind. Christian meditation is emptying your mind in order to fill it again. And he changed that um, in reprints of the book. But, um, you know, the Bible talks about meditation. And Psalm 1 is a good example. Meditate on the book of the law day and night. Uh, delight in the law. You see that all over the place. But it's using the Hebrew word Hagah. Hagah means to mutter. Um, it means to speak aloud the scripture. So you're literally saying the words of the Bible as you're focusing on it. In New Age, 
meditation means emptying your mind and focusing on you, your feelings. So the big difference is, do you focus on scripture or do you focus on yourself? And channeling is focusing on yourself and noticing the thoughts you get and thinking those thoughts are from God. That's what cont- contemplative prayer says. Uh, I sometimes call it contemplative prayer, but it's the same thing, uh, is, is just noticing your thoughts and saying, oh, this must be from the Holy Spirit. You know, you see this in churches where they say, let me speak a word over you. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you can say, no, thanks. I've got, I've got Jesus. I don't need another intermediary. <laughs> just, I've got the high priest here. Um, and so people who think that the thoughts they're getting are from the Holy Spirit or from God or from Jesus, like the Jesus Calling book is a channeled book. It's a New Age book. And how do you know? Because John says, test the Spirit. First John 4, he says, test the spirit. Is the spirit saying that Jesus is Lord, that he came to earth and that he died for you? Uh, the channeled books cannot say that. Those thoughts you get, if they point you away from the Bible, if they point you away from Jesus, that's a false spirit. Run the other way. Shut it down and meditate only on scripture. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and contemplate prayer. Is, is Richard Foster solid? No. Yeah. Okay. No, he's completely I, new age. I just, I just wanted Him to make and sure. Richard Rohr are just off the rails. They're just they're popularizing c- Catholic mysticism. Yeah, I thought I thought so. So in an undergrad class, I was required to read one of his books. Yeah, me too. I threw it away afterwards. Yeah, I, I spent most of the semester critiquing it, but I remember it was very heavy into the Catholic mystics and the the Desert Fathers. Yes, exactly. So now we know the red flags. If if they're pushing mysticism or visions, I mean, God can use means. He does use means to get to people. But it's always pointing you to Jesus. It's pointing you to scripture. It's pointing you to the gospel. If someone's vision points you away, then you know it's a demonic spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think it's Deuteronomy that, that speaks about that. Even if they do signs or miracles, if it points you to a different God, avoid them. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so that that's definitely been something I've seen even, I'm not going to, I've seen it in various seminaries that they're pushing contemplative prayer and things of that nature. Yeah, they push Enneagram too, which is also new age. Yeah, actually, um, I have a buddy who had to take one as an assessment before getting into a seminary. Wow. Which I thought was a little bit, I was like, really? Like, even from like the psychological assessment, like viewpoint, that's kind of silly for a seminary to do. It is, yeah. That's very me-centered. And then people get all prideful that they're an eight in the Enneagram, and they say, well, I hate people who are ones. And I mean, it's just, it's very divisive and very prideful. It's, yeah, it's very strange. And it seems like I've I've seen this shift also, like the, where it's, it focuses so heavily on, you know, like what things went wrong in your life and instead of identifying in Christ and uh, mm-hmm. things of that nature. And it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very universalistic, too. Um, the people who push it, like uh, Richard Rohr, he's mm. pantheistic um, and panantheistic, thinking that God is in everything. There's mm. no separation from our creator. And that. And he's he told Oprah, it's, you can go on YouTube and see it, uh, Richard Rohr says that everyone goes to heaven and that Jesus is kind of um, this buddy that loves everything you do. That's new age. In new age, there's a false Jesus that tells you, as long as you're happy, you're good to go. Yeah. The, the Jesus of the new age never confronts you for sin. Yeah. And, and uh, this really, this shouldn't be new, uh, new information for anyone because I mean, every religion seems to have their own version of Jesus. 
Yeah. Um, so it always kind of takes me back whenever people are shocked that like, oh yeah, this is a different version of Jesus. Well, I mean, even Muslims have their own version of Jesus. So, yeah. I mean, what are we you have do? to compare everything to scripture. It keeps coming back to that. Amen. Um, you talked a little bit about, uh, well, I mean, we just did talk a little, bit, a little about Enneagrams. For, for those who may not know why they should avoid that, since it is so prominent right now, would you mind speaking to that for a second? Absolutely. Well, it starts with the the lie that it's marketed with. It's it's marketed as an ancient uh, tool from a, a monk thousands of years ago, as if that gives it validity. I mean, if, if you use that kind of logic, then you might as well use the Vedas of Hinduism, too, because they're even older, you know, or use feng shui, which is even older. Um, so, so the age of something does not mean that it's Christian. Uh, and then it, it, that's not even true. The person who popularized the Enneagram, Claudio Naranjo, is on record, and you can go on YouTube and see this, is saying they made that up. So the whole thing is a premised on a lie that it's an ancient tool. And it was originally a new age personality test. It's not, I have a BA and MA in psychology. I studied personality tests. So like an MMPI or Stanford Binet, those are validated personality tests grounded in, in psychology. Um, but the Enneagram is just like having a personality test in the back of a woman's magazine. I mean, it's got that much validity. And in, as I said, it leads to pridefulness and me-centeredness. And those are both sins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so with that, I guess if you could um, think of, I don't know, one or two of the most prominent Bible verses that New Agers will use, which, which come yeah. to mind? Because you know that they have to. Yeah, I know. Well, they do. That's the thing. And, and I, you know, guilty, I used to use them too. So be still and know that I am God, top mm. one. Um, and it's the, the twist is that they believe that they are God. So be still. So they think it means meditate, stop, slow down, and know that you yourself are God. Wow. So, so that's a big bumper sticker. Um, the other one is um, judge not. Mm. I, I get New Agers throw that in my face constantly. Je and they say to me, Jesus never judged anybody. <laughs> and so, you know, they obviously have not read the table tipping and the temple clearing and what Jesus said to the Pharisees. <laughs> um, and the other one is asking it shall be given. Mm. Yeah. And that's a, a belief that no matter what goodies you want in life, Jesus will give them to you. And if he doesn't give them to you, then you get mad at him and stop talking to him. What? Very, It's these immature temper tantrums with God that I saw in the New Age that I practice too. So whenever you're discussing with New Agers and you bring up, um, you know, texts that obviously point to sinfulness of man or not being able to get like no one is good but God alone or texts like that, how do they address that particular well, I don't think any New Ager has read the book of Romans, particularly yeah. chapter three. Yeah. Um, the, it would, you know, the, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing is um, a very good overarching definition of people who've been blinded by Satan. Um, and Satan takes advantage of people who are ambitious. He also takes advantage of people who are broken. A lot of people who I met in the New Age came from abusive homes, mm. uh, multiple divorces, um, substance abuse, trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder, huge in the new age. And, and the devil comes along and says, I'll be your friend. And they don't know it's the devil. They think it's just something cool to do. Because the new age seems very trendy and, and exotic and exciting. 
Yeah. As does contemplative prayer and Enneagram and yoga at churches. They seem very exciting and new. And and anyone who's got that belief that I want something fresh, mm. you know, watch out for that word fresh, because what that means is extra biblical, and that's dangerous. Absolutely. Um, I. It's interesting because I heard um, one individual, I, I won't name who it is because of situations, but I heard one individual use sola scriptura as a basis of, well, you know, it's not the Bible alone. You can use other things as long as it agrees with the Bible. So that's how he justified using wow. uh, the extra biblical materials of, of a new age teacher that I um, that, was aware of. Yeah, there's a lot of gymnastics to get there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but so th- those are a lot of interesting points to think of if people are going to be talking to new age individuals. Um if you're going to point people to resources, um, of course, your book, Dorian yeah. Virtue, uh, Deceiving No, Deceive No More. De- Deceive No More comes out July 28th. No, not too uh, far. 2020. Yeah. yeah. And it's on Amazon right now for pre-order. Um, no. I've got a list of resources in the back of the book. I would point them to Christian Answers for the New Age, Marsha Montenegro. Uh, mm. She's got blogs galore on every New Age author. She even has, from when I was a New Ager, she wrote about me back then. And she just really breaks it down and compares it to Scripture. So uh, Christian Answers for the New Age is her website, and she's on Facebook. And she's just an amazing um, truth teller of Scripture. Okay. Um, And so we'll all look for that book, and then Mm -hmm. I'll update. I'll have to look at the schedule. I'll update the description whenever it comes out and point people to it for sure. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, so uh, do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah. The big closing thought is you you can you guys you can't blend new age with Christianity. It's impossible. Um I I did that my whole life or I tried to. And it's it they just do not blend. Um God has given us a perfect system in his word, and God knows so much more than we do. So why would we try to change it or add to it? It just gets us into trouble. So please get yourself in the Word every single day. I always say word before world, meaning before you even look at email or talk to anybody. Um, if you've got kids, just get up a little bit early or read it with them in bed. And and even five minutes of reading the Bible first thing in the morning, it's like building a moat around yourself. Hmm. And it, it helps you to tuck the Scripture in your heart, which is so important for dealing with spiritual warfare. Uh, so please the word is, is, is the word. <laughs> Absolutely. Love that. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. I think this is going to be uh, very edifying and helpful for others. Thank you, Nick, for what you're doing. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So that was an excellent talk with Doreen. I always enjoy talking to her um, and just keep an eye out for her book, follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube and check out her videos. She does great interviews with a variety of uh, very interesting guests on a, a variety of topics. So that's it. Until next time, God bless you all and have a wonderful, wonderful day.